0: What's up, everyone? It's the Keep or Cut podcast, a proud member of the pictureless Podcast Network. I'm your host today, Pete Ball, joined as always by Chad Young. Chad, what's up, dude? We got a game on that you care a lot about. Your guys are losing to the Birds. Come on!
1: I know, I know. This is the the Guardians. You know they're they're a uh... They're going to be a mixed bag this year. We know that a lot of young guys and they're coming up on this stretch or they're in the middle now of this stretch where they faced like they started with the reds. Then they had a tough series with the Astros and then like Detroit and Baltimore, they have like 25 games in a row against just the dregs and they're not like, they're not, Oh man, that was an awesome catch by miles straw. Uh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) He just took extra bases away from Cedric Mullins in the gap. Pretty nice. But uh, yeah, they just they just aren't handling it that well. And so this was this like, okay, if they dominate these terrible teams, maybe they get right back into the division race. Instead, instead what's really happening is the White Sox are terrible. and The Twins are in a rough patch. And maybe we'll catch up because they're just so bad. But we're not playing our way up right now.
0: Yeah, it happens. I mean, I could say the same thing about my socks. I mean, we were we were crushing it, and then it was like, oh, man, five games against the Orioles, and then two against the Reds, and then a series against the Athletics. But we ended up dropping uh, a handful of those games to the Orioles. We actually lost that series, and then we lost the first game to the Reds. So I can, I can empathize.
1: And the Yankees just aren't losing.
0: Uh, I, I've given up on the division. I mean, come on. <laughs> They're what, 36 they're like, and 10 or something.
1: Yeah. I saw somewhere that the Jays went like eight and 10 over their last 10 and didn't gain ground on the division because yeah. the Yankees were just, just as good. So yeah. Yeah. It Anyways, <laughs> I'll keep you updated on what's going on in this game. Maybe we'll help keep the Orioles down for you at least.
0: Sure, for sure. Well, yeah, please. We don't want to be in the basement again. But Chad, we're not here to talk about the Guardians or the Red Sox as much as we would both like to do that. Although a Guardian will come up. We're here to talk about uh, some dudes, some guys. We're just here to. Yeah. Yeah. We're just checking in on some guys. There's not a whole lot of uh, common denominators between these players. But uh, for one reason or another, Chad and I came up with a list of six dudes that we wanted to talk about. Um, I I don't know who you want to start with, Chad. I mean, I'll kind of leave it up to you. We got six names here. Who do you want to dive in on?
1: Oh boy. Uh, well, I've already got a, a page open for Max Muncy because he was at the top of the list. So perfect. Let's start with him. But you were the one who put him on the list. So what? What is it? What do you want to talk about?
0: <laughs> so I I have a theory right now that there's only two possible answers for what's going on with Max Muncy. That, that I, I've narrowed it down. I've thought about it, and there's only two possible things that could possibly be going on with Max Muncy. Option A is that. The Dodgers are dumb. They're dumb because his UCL is still messed up. And not only did they start him in the, this year without, you know, starting on the IL or anything like that, not only did they seem to be rushing him back if that's the case, because he's already beginning a rehab assignment. Like he he just got put in the IL and he's about to start playing AAA, but they've been playing him at third base a lot this year. Like if you got a bum elbow, what are you doing? Making major league throws from third to first. The only other option here uh, is that he's having this massive skills decline and this IL stint was a way to kind of cover for him. It has to be one or the other. And so yeah. I don't know what to do with my Max Muncy shares. And I, I think you're just stuck with him right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was looking at sort of you know what's gone right, what's gone wrong. And statistically, he has a career high walk rate. He is walking in 20.2% of it bats. and that is mostly because he has stopped swinging at pitches in the zone, right? So, you know, Muncy, is, he's always been a patient hitter, right? He's got a career high 20.2% walk rate, but like he's been up, you know, 14, 15, 16% the last few years, basically ever since he got to Oakland. Like that's, or ever since he left Oakland, we'll say. Um, so it's just, you know, it's not a surprise he's walking that much, but he used to walk a lot and then punish the ball in the zone. And he seems to have just sort of, backed off swinging when it's in the zone. His contact rate in the zone is is actually up. I mean, it's up a tiny bit. Like his career rate is 83.5. It's 88.3 this year. It was 86% last year. Like it's all within range of what we've seen him do in the past. But like his contact rate in the zone is up a little bit. But he's just not as willing to swing. His fly ball rate is up. Um, but what's down is the quality of that contact right? So his home run per fly ball rate, which is a 21.8% over his career is 6.7% this year, 6.7%. And, you know, some of that could just be noise, right? Sometimes you just get some bad luck. Some of it is the ball, right? It certainly seems like the ball is, is gotta be a factor in there, but some of it is that, you know, he's got a max EV this year of 106.5. He hasn't like the worst season of his career back when he was a a rookie with Oakland. He had a 108.3 max EV. His hard hit rate is above where it was with Oakland, but way down from where it's been with LA. His barrel rate is still pretty good, actually, at 10.4%, but way down from where it's been. His average exit velocity is down. Um, it just looks like there's a lot more... It looks like there's not as much elite contact. Like, he he's not... Hammering the ball at 110 miles per hour, literally at all. Um, but he's also I think getting a lot more soft contact. Like I said, the barrel rate isn't terrible, but it seems like there's a lot more soft contact that's just pulling everything down. And I don't know. I mean, you know, you look at I went through all those those, you know, the barrel rate and all that. And his X stats, like his X WOBA is 338 versus a 283 WOBA. So there is some evidence he's been hitting the ball better than his results would imply but not like good right 338 is is not what you expected for max months you expect them to be you know 380 400 something like that and then when you add in the fact that Xwoba woba is like guys are hitting below their ex-woba generally anyways um if 338 is really sort of 320 315 like then it then it's actually bad and, and I, yeah, I do think you're just sort of stuck with him, um, because I don't think I don't think you'll get anything if you trade him. Which means your other option is to is to cut him. And do you think you're going to find something better if you cut him?
0: I wish I cut him in one of my new leagues. I'm in the pitcherless staff new league, and I chose. Him, and I've told you this before. I chose him over Nolan Arenado, and like Arenado's cooled down tremendously, but. That has just been a killer for this team. I mean, you look at the offensive statistics and like what obviously what you expected to get out of Muncie, you have gotten the polar opposite. Um, and I, I feel like I'd be in a much better spot had I had him. I mean, that, it's anecdotal, but you can't cut him now, right? I mean, I guess not you if you're if you want to pull off a deal and you've got like a twenty dollar, twenty one dollar max Muncie. It'd be nice to free up that money if you don't think you're going to get anything from him going forward. But if you drafted him, going you cut him now? Oh no, I said you could. Oh. and and not new and not new yeah you could to free up that money that would be nice but otherwise like i don't know if you use if you grabbed him and redraft especially during that time where it was becoming clear that he was going to start the season his adp jumped so much he became like a top 100 player that's a tough cut on june 4th but there's only so many il spots and if he comes back and he's continuing the bat you know a buck 80 i don't know what we're gonna do here i the babbitt does stick out a little bit but you brought up something important chad that It's it could be the balls too. And I'm not saying the balls are the reason he's performing poorly. But I'm saying that like the balls are why I'm not feeling any better about the fact that his expected statistics are maybe a little bit better. And you look at his BABIP, I just mentioned it. It's at 183. He's a career 258 BABIP guy, which isn't great. But 183 is terrible. But if the balls now are unjuiced or however you want to that kind of sounds disgusting but if the balls are whatever they are now um and this guy's sporting and you know a 10 percent pop-up rate and his babb's like i i don't know what to do with him anymore so i wanted to, i just wanted to complain about him i said we're gonna go <laughs> we're gonna go over six names to talk about it is one one name to complain about five names to talk about
1: well i think there's gonna be more complaining coming up looking at the list of names <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i you know, looking at his, I'm looking now at his game log and, you know, I, I was wondering like how much time has he missed that he, cause the, the home run ball seems to be coming back. now. whether that's a change in the ball, a change in the weather, just fluctuations in the season, but like last, last night. So we're recording this on Saturday, June 4th, Friday, the third was the single largest home run hitting day of the season. And and by a lot, it was like 11 more than any, other. it was over 50, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with, with zero at cores, which is just the weirdest thing. Right. Um, but, you know, regardless. So I was like, oh, well, <laughs> maybe he's just mid. No. Like when, you know, he's been out for almost 10 days now. But even if you look at the last sort of 10, 11 days that he was in, which were since the sort of ball started to fly a little bit better or since, you know, the home runs started to increase around the league, he he has been terrible. He has a 51 WRC plus since like mid May. He's got his last home run was May 10th. Um, sorry, his last home run was, for some reason, I looked at his triple column. His last triple was May 10th. That's pretty good. His last home run was May 4th, which is even longer ago, which is not what I expected. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think if I, in a, in a particularly shallow league where there's like good options, you know, a 10 team or something like that, I would probably drop him in a, in an auto new league or another league where there is something to be recouped by letting him go, I think you could probably use those dollars better elsewhere. Definitely. And, and I think you, you know, if you wait too long, nobody else will pick them up and, and then you won't get the full refund, right? You won't get the full salary back. You'll be stuck with half his salary. Other than that though, in, you know, in, in anything deeper and anything where I'm not like, there's no benefit where, where, there's no cash to be saved, something like that. I think you just have to wait and see what he looks like when he comes back yeah. and hope that, cause I had the same thought you did, uh, which is that he, his struggles are not related to his elbow and that the IL stint was a like, go clear your head for five days, go on rehab assignment for a few days, fix what's wrong and then get back to us uh and i'm I'm just sort of hoping that's what it is um i think it
0: has to be like when i the said thir- that- the
1: third theory is that he has switched places with the other max muncie and he's just <laughs> overmatched because the other max muncie isn't ready for the bigs
0: he got space jammed yeah
1: yeah we'll have to see maybe let's see what the other max muncie is doing in the minors maybe the other max muncie is like dominating and that would that would really be uh you know he's an a ball but he's got a 369 woba i would expect you know I would expect the elder Max Muncie to be doing better than that name, though, so I don't think it's a body switching situation.
0: Okay, well so we can that, rule that out.
1: <laughs> I was really hoping we'd have like good evidence for that and we, we could <laughs> just, you know, push that narrative, but no, I, I think I think there's a good chance that this is a um a Phantom IL stint for mental health and swing fixing. And I hope that's what it is.
0: When the only other option is that it's the Dodgers being dumb, when I said that before, like it's very unlikely, right? Because the Dodgers are a really smart organization, and if Clayton Kershaw says something like, "Oh man, I just blinked really weirdly," then the Dodgers like, "Oh no, I guess we got to shut him down for two months." But now they have this rock star third baseman who's been so solid for them, partially torn UCL. They're trotting him out to third base and rushing him through uh, uh, an IL stint. I don't buy that at all. I, I think he's he's healthy. And there's a there's a scary potential skills decline here. But yeah. rather than our conspiracy theories about Max Muncy, whatever's going on there, let's move on to a more positive name. Uh, one of the only positive names on this list, and that is Aaron Judge, who homered again today, Chad.
1: I know. I Up. You know, so, you know, I'm doing the uh, the first pitch podcast, which means that three days a week, I just recap what happened. And it's just like I have a, just a, I have just a place in my notes that says Aaron Judge hit a home run, yeah. and I just copy paste it. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't even look. I don't even bother looking at the the box score for the Yankees. It's like who homered for the Yankees today? Aaron Judge and well, let me go see who else because yeah. I haven't opened. The, I, I I know nothing about what happened, but I assume he he went big fly. Yeah.
0: You can the, add uh, a second line to that. Aaron Judge homer. Joey Gallo did not. That can be your. <laughs>
1: Joey Gallo, not on our list, but maybe he should be. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. But yeah, I mean, judge. This is just crazy because I thought his. I thought he made a huge mistake turning down that contract extension from the Yankees because I just didn't see. Like, I look back at like what he did last year. Right. And last year. He played 148 games, right? He was healthy. He played basically a full season. He hit 39 home runs. He had a 387 Woba. Like he was a beast last year. 5.4 with F4. And I was like, all right, he's betting on himself to do that again. But even if he does that again, does he really get more money than what the Yankees just offered him? And I'm not sure he does. Instead, he's on pace for like a 10 win season, <laughs> right? He's played 50 games. He has 3.2 F4. He's got a 446 Woba. He is, like you said, he's got, And actually, it's not even true. I'm I'm lying because I said he is 446, but he's one for four with a walk and a home run today. So now he's got a 450 woba. Um, He is on pace for like, like it is. It is not inconceivable that he could set the single season home run record. He's not quite on pace for it. I don't believe
0: he's on pace for 62. That might have actually gone up today to like 64.
1: Yeah, but like, I mean it's it, you know we're not playing in the we're not playing in the steroid era we're not even playing in the like you know rabbit ball era like it's this is not an era where somebody where we would expect somebody to go out there and hit 60 bombs um i mean i'm just like i'm pulling up a leaderboard going back to 2000 and 2001 was the year that Bonds hit 73. And that same year, Sammy Sosa hit 64 because Sammy Sosa hit 60 every year. Since then, nobody has hit 60 in a season. Stanton in 2017 hit 59. Um, and then you have to go back to like 2010. Like we haven't, we've only seen a couple people hit 50 in the last decade. Like Stanton in 2017, Chris Davis in 2013. Pete Alonzo in 2019 and then Aaron judge in 2017 are the only guys to have hit 50 home runs in the last decade and judge in a year where nobody can hit the ball (laughs) where home runs are down across the board is just peppering the, the stands with homers. It's, it's nuts. It's fun to watch, but it's nuts.
0: Yeah. I mean, all he has to do is hit little pop flies to right field when he's at home. So when you consider that, I mean, he's got a, he's got a real chance there, but I mean, look, the the, the reason... Can't,
1: can't waste an opportunity to take a dig at Yankee Stadium, huh? No, of
0: course not. Of course not. Because uh, the green monster is totally just normal and, and is... Oh, yeah. Is, yeah, absolutely. Um, the reason I brought him up is... Now, I don't want to come across as, like, Red Sox fan and, like, not loving what Aaron Judge is doing. If you remember, Chad, I asked a question earlier in the offseason, which was, why isn't Aaron Judge basically a first-rounder? I thought, this compare him to Freddie Freeman. What's... What's the and so far? I mean, Judge should go. I was wrong. Judge should go a lot higher than Freddie Freeman if we're basing yeah. it on what we've seen so far this year. With that said, this is a keeper league podcast, and I don't know if Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge's value is ever going to be higher than where it's at in this very moment right now, and considering that, if I'm in a keeper league and I'm maybe middle of the pack and I'm riding the Saren Judge wave. And I'm keeping in mind that before last season, this dude barely made, you know, barely had 114 games played season in a full season. And he also missed half of the shortened season as well. Am I considering actually moving the hottest and by far best player in all of fantasy baseball so far this year?
1: Wow. That's a. That is bold. (laughs) I'm I'm looking again at his at his stats, and one thing that I just sort of just sort of jumped out at me, he has a 16.1 percent line drive rate, which <laughs> is super low. Like not just super low for him, like that's just super that's low, very low, yeah. But line drive rate is also a really noisy stat, and so his his fly ball rate is pretty you know it's 41 40.1 percent, which is pretty typical for him. His career is 37.8. Fine, maybe that comes down a little, but like. If he trades you know, a few ground balls and a, a slightly smaller number of fly balls for more line drives, like his numbers could get better. Sure. There's room for positive regression here. Now, that isn't to say that I think he's going to keep doing what he's been doing. I just, he's, he's performing at such a high level. It's hard to imagine it just sort of continuing forever. But I don't know. I mean, other than injury... Which we, I think, can agree is a risk with Judge. When you look at his stats on the year, is there anything you look at that makes you think like, oh, uh, the the bottom's going to fall out of this at any time?
0: Oh God, no! It's just more of what you what you just said is like, he's not going to keep. He can't keep doing this. I mean, maybe he does and he ends up hitting sixty five homers. Like I, I I'm not going to say that's a zero point zero percent chance. But man, like. You went into this year thinking Aaron Judge is a third, fourth round pick, and what you have right now is the top player in fantasy baseball. And if there are injury concerns, and he's thirty, and he might leave Yankee Stadium next year to come play in Fenway Park at home, then I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm ready to move on from him.
1: So I'm just pulling up, in, you know, in AutoNew one of the one of my favorite features on AutoNew player pages is that you can look up recent trades that a player was involved in. So here I'm going to throw three trades. He, is, he has been traded across Fangraph's Points Leagues three times since the start of May. Two of them just in the last few days. I'm going to tell you what those trades were, and I'm curious to know which which side you land on. So the first one, just June 3rd, this just happened yesterday, is a $35 Aaron Judge traded with a $3 Eric Hosmer. Two super different guys, but okay. Um, <laughs> And the the team that traded him away, what they got back was a twenty three dollar Jose Barrios, a seven dollar Jared Walsh, a four dollar Juan Yepes, and a seven dollar Gavin Lux.
0: Oh my god, that's awful.
1: It, that was my thought too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it didn't no. seem
1: like an, like Barrios Bur- hasn't been that good. And while I get wanting to buy low on Barrios, I don't think twenty three dollar price tag is low enough to be buying low. I do really like Walsh and Yepes. Lux at seven dollars. Ugh. Like he's probably worth that now. Like he seems to be, he's doing better, but not. I don't know. I, the, I, I would be, to me, that thirty-five dollar judge is the better player now and in the future.
0: Judge is like worth I, arguably double the thirty-five dollars.
1: Yeah, right now for sure. All right, so let's go to the next one. This is three days ago, June first. This is a forty-seven dollar Aaron Judge, right? So a lot more expensive, and a nine dollar Luis Severino together. For $2 MJ Melendez, $2 Nolan Gorman, and $9 Jeremy Pena.
0: Wow. How did Pena get that expensive? Uh, That's a weird one, 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 huh?
1: So this is in this league. You know, it looks like he was... he was. Oh, this is interesting. No, April 5th was before the season this year, wasn't it? Because... Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. So this was... Ah, so here it is. This league, it's League 977, if anyone in a lot of new League 977 is listening. Um, they had done their auction before then. So the season hadn't started yet, but he went undrafted in their auction.
0: Oh, okay. And then
1: when they got to two days before the season started, they someone put him up for auction. At that point, he had been named the starter. It was like Correa was gone. They clearly weren't acquiring someone else. And so teams will said some money because there were, there were bids on him at $2, $7, $8 and $10, which ended up being the winning bid and getting him that $9 price point. So that's how he got that expensive. But regardless of that, um, yeah, regardless of that, you get a $9 Pena, $2 Gorman, $2 Melendez. You're giving up a $9 Luis Severino and a $47 judge.
0: Yeah. I, I actually still don't like that. Um, If I'm gonna, what I meant by trading Judge right now is like absolutely maximizing the trade value, and I feel like even when you're getting Melendez, Gorman, and Pena at reasonable contracts, it's like I I definitely get it. I do, especially if that if that team's dead in the water with Judge already, then that's a pretty decent package. But you're giving up a pretty cheap Severino as well, which I don't like. And I think
1: that's the piece that throws me on this one. I actually like. I'm not sure. I hate the idea of of moving Judge and getting. Like you may have your catcher of the future, shortstop of the future, and second baseman of the future, like locked down and and good players. Like I like that, but like a nine dollar Severino for a like. Let's just take the two nine dollar players: nine dollar Seve versus nine dollar Pena.
0: Yeah, I'm not sold. It's yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not sold. It's Pena there.
1: So, so now you're giving up something like Severino for Pena, and let's call it half of Gorman, a quarter of Gorman, some share of Gorman, and then you're getting Melendez and the remainder of Gorman for judge. That doesn't feel like enough.
0: No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either.
1: So the third Aaron judge trade that has happened since May 1st, this happened on May 6th. So it's almost a month ago. Now um, was a, a $36 judge for a, $7 Chris Taylor and a $33 Shohei Ohtani.
0: And this is what, what's the format again? Is this points?
1: Fangraph's points.
0: And he's both in that. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking Ohtani.
1: Yeah. That one. I actually now I, I, I think in retrospect, I might be like at the time, I think I would have looked at and been like, Ohtani hasn't been hitting, but he will. His pitching looks great. I'm going to buy low on his offense with judge. Who's probably going to fall off in the next few weeks. Anyways, instead what's happened in the last few weeks is like Otani's still not really hitting and judge hasn't let up at all. Right. So I think you can make a case that like this deal doesn't look nearly as good now as it did a month ago, but a month ago when that trade was made. Yeah, man, if I had judge and I was like, okay, I can sort of buy low on Otani and a $33 Otani. Like if Otani goes back to hitting the way you expect, he's like a $60 player. Easily. So I, I'm a, I'm a fan of that is it like that to me is the kind of thing that if you're going to trade judge right now, you need to get a star like that.
0: Oh, for sure. Like you're, you're locking in young Otani in a great format to have him in at a great price. Like, that's what I want when I move Aaron judge right now. And that's, I, I don't want it to come across as like, you know, go trade your Aaron judge in a, in a non new format where there's barely any price included for, you know, I don't know. Ronzi Contreras and something like that. Like I want to maximize my Aaron judge and, and like slam dunk, win a deal for the future, because I think you could really set yourself up nicely. If you're in that, that situation.
1: I I think that makes sense. And and I could see wanting to do that. I also, I think if I'm contending, um, I would rather just ride judge, even regardless of what I, for sure. I'm just going to, I'm just going to roll with him because it just, dude is just crushing the ball.
0: Yeah, if you can win right now, you don't trade players like Aaron Judge. You use them to win. <laughs>
1: he's got three stolen bases, too. Yeah, he, he can is, run uh he's he, his career high is nine, and he's on pace for like ten right now. I if yeah, it matters, but
0: <laughs> hey, ten stolen bases, I'd take that in this climate. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, that's impressive.
0: So before we jump to the next player, Chad, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. All right, so we've chatted Aaron Judge. Chad and I seem to like him. He's all right, I guess. And, uh,
2: Let's get back to the show.
0: who's the polar opposite of Aaron Judge. And Chad, we got four players left on this list. They're pretty much, from what I can see, disappointments, except for one of them. Is there one that sticks out for you as the guy we got to talk about next?
1: Let's let's go back and forth and, and save the next exciting, non-disappointing player. Let's talk Fran Reyes. Sure. Uh, so Reyes is on the 10-day IL. He's been on the 10 day IL for about 10 days now. So, he he could be back I guess at any time, although I have not seen anything to suggest he's going to be back soon. And I'm a uh, like I'm usually pretty aware of what's going on around the Guardians, but um I'm just poking around and I don't see any real updates. So, Reyes uh he has a 242 Woba on the air. He's been, you know, you go back over his career 360, 338, 341, 354. He's been a sort of a lock for a 30 ish home run season. He is, he had three when he went to the IL in 145 plate appearances, which is not nearly enough to get you on a 30 home run pace. And he had shown some signs occasionally. Like he would go through these stretches of like two, three games. Like we had a, The Guardians had a four-game series with Toronto in early May, where over that four-game series, he was, let's think about this, did he walk at all? Yeah, he walked one. So he was nine for 14 with a double and a home run and a walk. Pretty good series, right? Like 371 WRC plus over that series. It's just a series, but still. He then immediately went 0 for 9 in his next two games, then a 1 for 5, a 1 for 4, another 0 for 4, an 0 for 1 as a pinch hitter, another 0 for 4. Like um so he goes on these like he's gone in these stretches. And actually that one against Toronto it was it was preceded by a couple games against uh San Diego and Oakland where he did well. Um but then before that, he had been he had been in an 0 for 20 stretch. He, no, 0 for 24. So he'd been in, an, he'd gone six games over 24 and then went 12 for like 24 in the next six games and then went right back to being like two for 24. So I keep feeling like, oh, he's found it. He's got a stroke back. And then he just doesn't. And I, I got nothing. I have no idea. Like. His exit velocity, like his average exit velocity would be a career high as of right now. His hard hit rate would be a career high as of right now. His barrel rate would be the second highest of his career as of right now. His strikeout rate, which has never been low, but is usually sort of high 20s, is 39.3%. Like Coming into this season, over his four seasons, he had a 29.5% strikeout rate. It is now up to 39.3%. And meanwhile, his walk rate, which coming into this season was 9%, is down to 6.9%. So, I, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, his chase rate hasn't moved a ton. It's right around his career numbers. It's actually a little below his career average. But he's swinging in the zone a lot less, and he is making contact, um, especially outside the zone, but overall, he's just making a lot less contact. And so his swing strike rate is up a little bit, but it's not up nearly enough because he's swinging less. The swing strike rate really isn't up nearly enough to justify his increase in strikeouts. I guess it's mostly called strikes that are pushing that strikeout rate up, which I, you know, you could argue that's easily fixable, right? All he has to do is swing more. Um, but it's a little bit, the same thing we were seeing with Muncie when we talked about Muncie, you know, 20 minutes ago was that his, his swing rate is down. The difference is that when Frontmill's hitting the ball, he's still hitting it hard. He's just not, doing anything with it, and he's striking out way too much. See, I'm looking at his Savant page right now and talked about how, you know, his ex-WOBA this year is 304, a lot better than his 242 WOBA, but still not very good. The guy's had, you know, 350-ish ex-WOBAs basically every other year of his career, 345 for his career, including this year. The thing that stands out to me, though, is is ex woba ex wobacon however you want to pronounce it, right, which is... Your ex-WOBA on contact. Leave out walks, leave out strikeouts, just when you put the ball in play, when you when you hit the ball at all. His ex con is 474. Last year it was 498. For his career, it's 469. League average 370. Like he is, he is hitting the ball exactly the way he's always hit the ball. He just is striking out an obscene amount. He's also got a low home run per fly ball rate, similar to Muncie. That could be the ball, similar to Muncy. He's missed some time since the ball has seemingly gotten better, so maybe that'll improve once he gets back. But you know, uh, to to put a to, to to bring this to real life here, real life as much as fantasy baseball can be real life. You and I, Pete, we are both in the Fangraphs staff league, League Thirteen. Frodo New. a nine dollar Franmil Reyes was cut yesterday. He is available. You could claim him off waivers right now, and he'd be on your roster for $9. Are you making that claim? Uh at the, at the risk of giving away <laughs> at the risk of giving it away to me who's also in the league <laughs> with you. <laughs> uh no,
0: that's fine. For the sake of the show, for the sake of keeper cut, I will reveal state secrets. And my answer honestly is no. Um, because I, I have a little bit of a middle infield jam. I've got Trey Turner. I've got Jeremy Pena. I've got Brennan Rogers, who's finally starting to hit. And I've got DJ LeMayhew. So um, I'm, I'm going to be out on him. But uh, to be honest with you, I, after looking at this and seeing like everything's the same, he's he just started the year striking out more. I don't know. I, I think nine dollars could end up being a pretty good bargain for him. So I, I would be tempted otherwise.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we don't really Niv and I don't really have the, the cash to make that move. We just and part of that is we just went out and added a, an $8 Jared Kelnick and a $5 Alex Kirilov um, before Fran Mill got caught, right? And those, I think, are our, those are our buy lows. And we sort of made them, and we'd have to figure out a way to clear more space in order to, to do Fran Mill as well. Um, but I do think, like, I was surprised to see a $9 Fran Mill get cut. I think if I had a $9 Fran Mill, I'd still be sitting on him. And when he like my guess is, either sometime in the next few days or sometime when he is announced that he's on rehab assignment or something like that, someone's going to start an auction on a five dollar Fran Mel Reyes. And I think Niv and I are going to have to figure out a way to find the cash to put a bid in because I can't imagine not.
0: Yeah. No, I I'm I'm with you. I, I think at nine dollars, like throw the conversation about the strikeouts out. You just look at the upside. and you say, yeah, I can I can risk nine dollars. I did it earlier in this year with that exact Alex Kirilov that you just claimed back. Um, right. obviously it didn't work out, but I still like my team. It did not break the bank. I think it's a perfectly fine risk to do with uh, with
1: Reyes. Yeah, he needs. I, I I have obviously a lot invested in him already, both, <laughs> both from a fantasy perspective and a real baseball perspective. And so I want to see him hit again, but. I, I wish I had a better explanation for why he's striking out so much. Um, having watched him, he looks sort of lost at the plate. And it looks to me like he's being overly passive. Like he's taking pitches he should crush. And maybe a little bit like what we talked about with Muncie, maybe going in the IL is, and he actually did get hurt, right? I have, I have no doubts that it's a real injury, but um, maybe going in the IL, he clears his head. He gets to go on a rehab assignment and just smash some pitching he can smash. And then he can come back and they can sort of remind him like, Hey, sometimes you get pitches that look like those triple A (laughs) pitches. Don't take them.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on Reyes. I'm not, I'm not jumping off the ship just yet. He's got to cut down on those strikeouts, but let's, let's have a more positive conversation like we did with Aaron judge, even though my contribution to that was to tell you to trade him Uh, and talk about Nolan Gorman, one of the next names on our list here, Chad. And, Gorman, I was deathly afraid of him because of the strikeouts. And yet I still ended up picking him up in a, in a lot of leagues. I've got a lot of Gorman shares despite that fear. The bad news is that the strikeouts have carried over. Um, it's not 35% like it was at AAA, but it's he's striking out 29% of the time. And yet, with a 93 mile an hour average exit velocity, He's hitting 333 with three homers, 10 RBI, 10 runs. He's hitting in the top third of that excellent lineup. And I think, it's a, I think we can call it excellent right now, given the field, at least in the NL Central. Um, he looks great, 12% walk rate. What are your thoughts on Gorman here?
1: You know, today he's 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Got so. him. <laughs> um, I think, uh, you know, the, the thing I like with his plate discipline is he's walking at a much higher rate than I anticipated. Uh, He's got a 12.2% walk rate right now. Now, granted, it's only 40 plate appearances, 41 plate appearances. Um, So, you know, small samples and all, but he's walking at a pretty high rate. And if he can continue to walk at a pretty high clip and hit with the power he is clearly capable of hitting with, then I I think you can live with that strikeout rate. Now, my concern, I talked about this on first pitch today. My only real concern is that his first game up, he went one for four. He did not strike out in that game. His strikeout rate since then, going into action today on Saturday was 32.4%. And now he's 0 for two, 0 for four with two strikeouts today. So that's going to go up 33, 34. Like he's starting to creep up to that 35% strikeout rate. And that starts to move him into like, Joey Gallo territory. Right. Um, And so now there's a difference in that he plays second base and you can, you can deal with a lot less. Like if he keeps hitting for power and the average is terrible, which right now, you know, 476 BAPIP, probably not going to maintain that. Like if the average drops quite a bit to like the two fifties, maybe even lower, you could live with that if he's hitting for power at second base. But I think I often feel with rookies that the best time to buy on them is after they fall apart. Like even if they start off well um, and maybe like say a Suzuki, is sort of a good example of this where like people were paying like 25, 30 bucks for him, you know, as the season was starting. And then it looked totally justified for like three or four days, like a week maybe. And he's been really bad since then. And the the time to buy Suzuki is probably soon. Um, Meanwhile, like we're seeing that same hot start from Gorman, but with some really worrying signs around the strikeout rate, that's just sort of trending the wrong direction. And I I would be tempted, like if I have him, and I do have him some places, because sort of like you, despite my concerns, I see the upside. Uh, And so I was willing to gamble on that. If I have him, I've got him, and I'm probably not doing anything with him. If I don't have him, well, I don't know if that's true actually. If I have him, I might be shopping him right now. A little bit like you were saying with Judge, I think he's probably at sort of peak value. I think there's a very real chance that in the next six months his value drops precipitously. I think if the prices he costs in you know something like Auto New or like the draft round cost he would cost in this, you know, more standard keeper league, he's probably still gonna be a keeper but I think there might be an opportunity to acquire him in August or even in November or December where he is much less expensive and can get you much less back than he can right now. Right now, I mean, look, we we just talked about that. There was that trade just a few days ago, Melendez, Gorman, and Pena net someone, Judge, and Severino. If I can get that kind of a return for Gorman right now, I think I probably would because I think he's going to trend down before he trends back up.
0: Yep, I would agree with that. And, and I definitely do think the trending down is going to come sooner rather than later. I mean, you reference the BABIP and that in and of itself obviously is unsustainable. It's a 455 BABIP because it's just based on 44 plate appearances. But he's, <laughs> he's almost like a cartoon of somebody who's selling out for power. Like they're selling out for power and then there's doing what Nolan Gorman has done so far in the major leagues. And that's a 12 and a half percent ground ball rate, 12 and a half percent. That's it. Every other ball is hit in the air that he hits. Uh, that has somehow resulted in that ballooned babbit, which those two things do not go together. The launch angle is 25 degrees. So like when you consider how much he hits the ball in the air and how much he strikes out, there's no question his batting average is going to drop, but because he hits the ball in the air so much and with so much authority, like, you know, over 94 mile an hour average exit velocity. That is like, that's like Tyler O'Neill, Aaron judge level. And he pulls the ball 58% of the time. Again, this guy is a cartoon of somebody who sells out for power. Um, and so I do think the power is going to continue. It's just going to coincide with a drop in batting average. So I, I agree, Chad, I'd sell now if I could, and then maybe buy back in later um, if when he's at rock bottom.
1: Yeah, looking at looking at uh, those trades and auto new fangraphs points again going to his player page three trades since he's been called up more or less. One of those is the Melendez Gorman Pena for Judge Severino trade, which we already talked about, which we said we preferred the judge side. The second one. I got to be honest, this trade makes no sense to me. (laughs) Literally none. I'm so excited. Um, A three dollar Gorman. And a $5 Grayson Rodriguez. Now This was four or five days ago. So this was Grayson Rodriguez was hurt by then. Mm -hmm. So just to put it in context. For a $15 Jack Flaherty and an $8 Gene Segura. Now, Segura... I'm trying to remember when Segura went on the IL. Because if this was... So they didn't announce he would need surgery until a couple days. Let's think about this. It looks like this was part of this was just bad timing. It looks like Segura was healthy. So this trade was made on May 28th. Segura was in the lineup on the 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st before he hit the IL. So let's, let's use that context here. A healthy Gene Segura. So what this deal as as I'm reading this, what this deal effectively looks like to me is a cheap but hurt Grayson Rodriguez and a breaking out Nolan Gorman, also cheap for, you know, $15. Jack Flaherty is still a great price in Flaherty and Flaherty is headed for rehab assignment soon. Right. So this is a buy before Flaherty gets back. Plus maybe get Segura just as I'm giving up Gorman. I need somebody to play second base. um And, and Segura is a pretty good, like if you think of Segura as just like, a warm body to play second base or middle infield for you because you're giving up, you're giving up Gorman. He's really valuable in that role. So I'm, I get it from that perspective. It's unfortunate. He got hurt, but man, when I think about selling Gorman right now, I, I don't think, I don't think Flair. Oh, I don't know. I worry about clarity. Cause he's still hurt. I don't think though. That's what I want. I think I'm like Gorman and Rodriguez for an ACE. I'm all in. I get that. I would make that deal, but I want an ace (laughs) and I'm not sure. I like Jack Flaherty. I'm a fan of Jack Flaherty. I have him on more rosters than I should, but I just don't know if he rises to that level.
0: And uh, Jack Flaherty has not been an ace every time he takes the mound. And like, sure, you can say that about anybody, but he's had stretches of just not being that great. I think that's, that's okay to say. And so to kind of back up your point, like, there's a chance you're selling arguably the top prospect in the minor leagues in Grayson Rodriguez and a guy who's kind of breaking out in the major leagues even though we just poke some holes in it for somebody who might just not be that great this year uh, because you you pile on the inconsistent play he's had in the past with the fact that he's coming back from an injury. I mean, the Gene Segura thing is just bad luck, but like, even if he was healthy, that's just not enough of a return for me if I'm parting with those two major assets. And you gave the prices like... Think of the value that those two could bring to your team going forward. So it's an obvious win now move for a dude who hasn't pitched yet this year. That's the problem.
1: Yeah. And that's why I was saying, like, to me, Segura, um, you almost have to leave him out. He becomes a bonus, right? He's just a, like, I'm getting an ace and I'm getting a guy I I feel comfortable plugging in. And it sucks that he got hurt, but, like, fine. Um, I just don't think Flaherty... I don't think Flaherty is the right level ace, so... The third trade that's happened since this is, I think this is since Gorman was called up. Let me double check and make sure. Gorman's debut. Yeah, Gorman's debut was on the 21st. This trade happened on the 25th. On the 25th, it was a, this is an interesting deal because it's sort of all over the place. $28 Carlos Correa, $20 Reese Hoskins, and $1 Nolan Gorman. For a $17 Wander Franco and a $4 Luis Garcia. And this is Luis Garcia, the middle infielder for the Nationals. Not oh, that's the a pitcher.
0: big difference. Yeah. Okay. Not the
1: pitcher for the Astros or even the pitcher for the Padres. So, I, I mean, th- this really... So, part of this comes down to how do you feel about Luis Garcia? Because I know there are people out there who believe Luis Garcia... Like my guess is that there are there are people out there who would take Luis Garcia over Nolan Gorman straight up right now. So that that is part of the question here. The rest of this deal though still $20 $28 Correa and $20 Hoskins and a going going with Gorman. And then Wander Franco at $17 coming back as part of that with Garcia.
0: Uh, yeah There's that's a lot a,
1: to unpack there
0: <laughs> that's a that's a whole lot to unpack there It makes you wonder which guy's contending which isn't but i mean obviously maybe the one trading for the cheap franco is the one that's not really in contention because franco obviously has landed on the il and the other guy's a prospect but uh i mean i i guess the fact that i have to kind of rack my brain on it maybe suggests that it's that it's kind of even there mm-hmm. um i, I get yeah. it just comes back to this idea of sell gorman now because not that we think where he's bad but maybe his value is just higher than it should be at the moment.
1: Yeah. I mean the, so looking at this, the team that acquired Correa, Hoskins and Gorman is in first the team that acquired Franco is in ninth. So you're in ninth place. And so like some of this, I get like Correa and you know, Hoskins, I'm actually, I'm a big Hoskins fan, but it just hasn't been that great. So like fine Correa and Hoskins to get Franco. Um, yeah, I can I can see why you would like I get that. I and and if I'm gonna give up Franco, I better get a Correa plus back.
0: Especially a seventeen dollar um, Franco. I mean that's cheap. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, the Garcia and Gorman pieces of this are just sort of interesting because it it like to me if I'm in first place and I can swap out like. If I'm if I'm this team that's in first place and just acquired Gorman along with Correa and Hoskins, I'm now trading Gorman for a third guy like Correa or Hoskins. Like that's he's going right on my block and I do think his trade value is probably higher than Luis Garcia's. And so from that perspective, you you can you, he's probably sort of given himself an extra trade asset here which I I like. I I sort of think I like this trade for both sides. Um Fangraphs points is a format that it, you know I have I have repeatedly been sort of down on Wander Franco on this show because I don't think his 5 by 5 talent rises to the level of I think what people think it will be. Fangraphs points, plays to his strengths. His non-home run extra base power will play up, his on-base percentage will play up, his stolen bases don't matter as much so the fact that he's not going to steal, you know, as many as a Julio Rodriguez or something just doesn't matter. Um like there's a lot to like about that for 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 Like He is more valuable in this format than he is in most. At $17, he's a good price in any format. And so from that perspective, if I'm in ninth place and I can go get Franco, I get it. I also understand where if I have to give up Franco, especially now that he's hurt, and I can get Correa and Hoskins and upgrade the rest of my trade block by swapping out Garcia for Gorman, I I sort of get this for both sides.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do too. That's why that's what I meant by like racking my brain. I I I think I'm just on board with it. Yeah. Well, moving on to the final uh, two names here. Are, are we down to two names? We are down to two names. I mean, we could kind of combine them, but one of them has gotten a lot hotter recently than the other. So I, I'm going to kind of keep the balance of disappointment, really good player, disappointment, really good player, and let's go into a disappointment in Matt Chapman and Chad chapman i want to talk about because look at his stack cast data like i know for chapman it's actually usually pretty decent like he's he's a guy who definitely impacts the ball but like what am i missing here i don't i don't understand how his numbers are where they are uh right now matt chapman is batting just 203 he does have six homers which will take he has no stolen bases which shouldn't be surprising 20 rbi 22 runs he's obviously in a great lineup and i I've been trying to figure it out. His BABIP is definitely below his career average. It's about 40 points lower at 248. He's a career 290 BABIP kind of guy. But he's striking out less than he has in the past. He's walking at a really good clip. He's impacting the ball. His average exit velocity is right where it was during those peak years with Oakland between 2018 and 2020. I, I'm confused. I mean, his pop-up rate is high, but it's always been high for his career. Maybe he's just fine and i'm kind of overrating him in my head but i feel like he should be better than what he's done so far
1: i mean you know his bap is low and his home run per fly ball rate are low and given that plus the fact that like you know his his hard hit rate is up but his barrel rate is down despite the fact that his launch angle stayed the same which may have something to do with that infield. fly ball rate being high, maybe like he's just, you know, those help keep your launch angle up, but they don't do you do you a whole lot of good. He is for the second straight year and the third time in four years hitting no line drives, none, right? His, his line drive, rate. We talked before about how judge had like a 16% line drive rate. And like, that's, that's not sustainable. It'll go up. And so it's a question of where it comes from. Chapman's at a 15.6% line drive rate, but he was at 14.6 last year, he was at 15.5 in 2019, he was at 16% in 2017. Like, dude just doesn't hit very many line drives. He hits a lot of pop-ups, he hits a lot of fly balls, and while he hits the ball hard, he doesn't I don't he doesn't seem to hit it hard often enough to really tap into home run power. Like his home run per fly ball rates have never been great. And so do I think like I think he'll regress up from here. His bat BAPIP will get better. I think his home run per fly ball rate is going to go up. And he's going to end up with a better line than he has right now. I still, like, I don't know. I guess I would say this. Before the season, I thought his draft cost was too high and I didn't really want him on my teams. And now I think that he's way too, like, he is underperforming what he has done, if that makes sense. Like, his numbers should get better. And when they get better... He will still be more expensive than I want and I still won't want him on my team. So that's fine. He'll get better. And I still, I just don't care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that, that's honestly about right. He gets me a little bit excited for two reasons. One being the third base eligibility, it just continues to be a cesspool. And I made, I made a deal for him in a league where my only third baseman was Max Muncie, and it's a 16 team league. So Muncie went down and I said, man, I just gotta, I gotta trade for somebody here. Um, Unfortunately, the piece that I parted with was, mackenzie gore but it was from a position of strength with my uh my pitching core but anyway getting off on a tangent there uh i think once chapman's numbers begin to normalize particularly his Babbitt and the batting average goes from being 200 to more like 240 250 he is in a significantly better lineup and there's no risk about his play time so the other thing that gets me excited about him is if he's batting you know what's he been batting for the blue jays like sixth or something like that even sixth in the blue jays lineup is a great spot to be in
1: Um, mostly seventh lately.
0: Okay. Like, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be in that lineup, at least from an RBI standpoint with guys who are still really good in front of him, I could see him putting forward, you know, I don't know, 160 runs plus RBI. And that's, that's going to be valuable from third base this year.
1: Yeah. And he has, by the way, he's been much better lately. Like I'm looking now since the middle of May, since May 16th, he has a 123 WRC plus um, just one home run. That was on the 16th of May. He hasn't hit one since, but you know, that's a, let's look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 games that he started. He also has a, uh, two plate appearances, as a pinch hitter in there, but 13 games that he started 11 runs, five RBIs. He's got a home run in there. Like it's not bad looking. Um, it's. Yeah, maybe like maybe I'm selling him a little short. I people have told me forever I've sold him a little short, but like I'm I just don't I don't know. He he's he he was so good in 2018, 2019, but like 2020 he was only fine, 2021 he was not good, and I don't know. I'm sort of coming around now to, like, maybe I should be rethinking this because you're right. His strikeout rate is back down closer to where it was when he was at his best. I just – I don't see a ton of upside here. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Chad is stumped
0: with it. Matt Chapman.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean – I, I am You're – you're convincing me I should give him a second look. And as I'm giving him a second look, I'm like, okay – I can start to see why people are why people are in on him. And like I said, he's been the last couple of weeks, he's been better. So I guess what I would say is this, if you're in on him, which I'm not convinced I am, but if you're in on him now is probably the best time to buy, because if he's starting to take off, the cost go up. And if you're going to acquire him, you do not want to do it for a high cost.
0: Yeah, no, the risk would be too high. If you've got to pay a lot for streaking, Matt Chapman, um, I'm in agreement. I I, I I hope I don't come across as I'm like super pro Matt Chapman. I'm not. I just think there's there's room for improvement at a position of need. And that takes us to our final player, Chad, which will end on uh, a high note because Cattell Marte has been awesome lately. And I have him in, I think, literally – all like 29 of my fantasy teams so this has been a welcome sight to see he has arguably not arguably this isn't an, an arguable thing but he has like almost as many doubles as singles i think so while he only is sitting there at three homers he has he has hit the ball hard i mean he he's gotten on base a lot he's had a lot of extra base hits i guess is what i'm trying to say um so Catel Marte well, or is he coming around here
1: he has 17 17- well, going into today, he had 17 doubles and 26 singles in the season, but he's got two doubles without a single today. So he's closing that gap. There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, Marte, as slow as his start was, he's up to a 114 WRC plus on the season after play today. And like dating back to even like late April, like over a month, he's got a he has a 178 WRC plus since April 30th. So he's already back to, I I mean, at 178 WRC plus, I, w- I was going to say he's back to what we thought he'd be, but like that's, that's, he's, he's better than I thought he would be, at least has been for the last month. Sure. My guess is he'll continue to be a little streaky like that, but like he has been, he's been excellent for a while now. And yeah, I mean, just, uh I think at this point, like, I have Marte in a few places. Um I have very happily just sort of waited him out because I thought he was talented enough to turn things around and he has. So yay.
0: And, and who and <laughs> oh, who would have say. who would have thought though that his um outfield eligibility would be like maybe more important than his second base eligibility? Like not that second base is some deep or good position. It never is, right? But outfield's been so thin this is something i've been harping on on, on like every episode now as i go to my free agencies and i'm like all right who can i add for the outfield and it's just it there's just nothing out there and, and in a lot of my leagues you know i've got a second baseman who i like and i have to put Marte in the outfield particularly those five outfielder leagues so the flexibility is awesome and if he's if he's really coming around now which i have no reason to think he's not he's just a good hitter uh great hit tool kind of
1: guy then uh
0: that's exciting i'm with you there's not much more to say there
1: yeah so let me throw another since we've been been doing this for the guys who are performing well. Let me throw an auto new trade at you. This is another Fangraphs points trade. Um, I'm curious to know what you think of this. A $25 Cattell Marte, a $21 Joe Musgrove, and the return for those two is a $14 Jonathan India, a $3 Rowanzi Contreras, a $4 Nick Prado, and a $1 Andreas Jimenez. Oh,
0: okay. There's a lot there. Um, I'm not a big India fan. And so at $14, especially, I don't think I'm that hyped up about that. I do love Ronzi and I do love uh, Jimenez, who is just just continues to hit. I dropped him because Willie Adamas was supposedly coming back. Willie Adamas did not come back. My opponent this week picked up Jimenez and Jimenez has at least two home runs, I think this week. So that has been just killing me. But a $1 Jimenez is awesome. And
1: a $4 Ronzi, is that right? $3 Ruanzi, a $4 Nick Prado.
0: So how did Ruanzi end up more than Nick Prado? Anyway, uh, Prado is not coming up, I don't think, anytime soon because there's already a logjam and Vinny Pasquantino is (laughs) hitting the ever-living crap out of the ball. So when one of them gets called up, it's going to be the older Pasquantino. And I feel like, I don't know, a $25 Cattell Marte and a $21 Joe Musgrove, those actually feel like bargains by a few bucks. I mean, Musgrove more so, right? I mean, he's he's definitely performing like a, like a $40, $50 pitcher so far this year. So as much as I like Rowanzi and as much as I like Andres Jimenez, I, I don't think that's the deal I want to make to uh, get rid of my Cattell Marte and Joe Musgrove.
1: Interesting. So that that deal was offered to me. I would have been acquiring Marte and Musgrove. and I turned it down.
0: Interesting. But I'm much
1: higher. In, I'm higher than India. I, I'm higher than you on India.
0: Well, you didn't and want I, to trade I, away I, I a Guardian.
1: Well, that's true too. <laughs> um, I also like what I didn't. Re- what I really didn't want to do was trade Rowanzi for Musgrove. I wanted to make it a deal with just Marte. Like I offered Jimenez and Prado for Marte. Sure. And he was like, eh, what about this bigger deal? I want to get Rowanzi. And it was like. So then it became like, you know, Rowanzi helps him to get like, helps make it work for him for Marte, but then he adds Musgrove for India to sort of balance it more my way. And the problem is I'm, high, I'm still high on India, but maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I should rethink this one.
0: Well, I mean, part of it too, is obviously your your window of contention and whatnot, because as much as I say that I think Cattell Marte is a bargain there at $25 by a few bucks, I could also see him see him being a cut at the end of the season. Whereas there's a realistic chance, all four of those guys, you would be trading away. You would be keeping going into next season. And that obviously matters no matter how much you're contending. It's something you got to keep in mind.
1: Yeah. And, that, and that's, that is the challenge I'm looking at is I, I do. I love Jimenez. I'm high on India. I love Ruanzi. Um I, I think Prado is very good. I think he will eventually play an important role for the Royals. I just, I think you're right. He won't be the next man up. Uh, so I'm, I'm less anxious about that. Um, I'm also sort of middle of the pack in this league right now. And so part of the issue is I think I'm just hesitant about making what feels like an aggressive buying trade when, but I really wanted to buy Marte now. Like, I feel like I'm going to, I feel like there's still a window and it's going to close and I want in on it. So
0: if those doubles start turning into homers, then the window is going to shut real quick.
1: That's right. Yeah. Well,
0: Chad, I think that pretty much does it. I love all the the trade talk. This was uh this was just supposed to be a conversation about six dudes. That's what it was, but I feel like the content was excellent, Chad. Any closing thoughts for everybody as we head into week, I don't know, what is this 10 or something already?
1: So week 10, is that Let's see. We are I'm I'm going I got to go check our uh our staff league that we're playing. We are actually head to head in this one this week. We are both 7 and 7. And it's two matchups per week. So this is week eight going on right now. Week nine. By the time people listen to this, they'll be starting week nine. Okay. Not quite to 10 yet.
0: And I am currently losing to the other team I'm facing that is 0-14. So that's great. Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> folks, that'll, that'll close us out. Please make sure you give the show a follow at, at keep or cut. You can follow Chad at at Chad Young. You can follow me at, at Pete B baseballs is bringing an end to episode 62 good luck this week and we'll see you next monday